You are listening to the podcast for learning the language of A Course in Miracles so you can understand the meaning, embody the message, and live the teachings as a way of life. Welcome to episode 41 of this podcast. I'm your host, Reverend Jennifer McSween, creator of this podcast, and the Course in Miracles practice coach for taking those who are studying the course from information to application. On this week's episode, I'm going to talk about the purpose, the process, and the practice of healing in A Course in Miracles. Healing is central to A Course in Miracles for experiencing miracles. And the course also takes a radically different perspective of healing than the one we do in the world. From the perspective of the world, the relationship between healing and miracles is seen in a reverse order of the way it is seen in the Course. The way we see it, a miracle is the means or the mechanism that brings about a healing on the level of the world or the body or in whatever the area we're having a problem that we feel is unsolvable as a result of all our human interventions, and naturally we expect something superhuman <laughs> or outside the realm of human convention, so to speak, and we call that a miracle. And we usually expect it to be in the form of a change in our condition or circumstances. In the course, however, it is a healing at the level of the mind that leads to the experience of a miracle which is in the form of the feeling of peace, safety, and healing with regards to the area, circumstance, or condition, either in the world and or your body, with which you were not at peace or where you felt threatened. And that may or may not result in a change in circumstances or conditions. The purpose of healing in the Course and what the Course wants us to focus on in terms of healing, is on healing our mind by undoing or letting go of the belief in separation, which from the Course's perspective is the reason why or the cause behind why we experience ourselves as bodies in the first place, vulnerable bodies that can get sick and die, along with all the other myriad problems that we experience in the world or that come up in our bodies and in the world. We, however, having accepted the belief that we have separated, see sickness as something that happens to our bodies, a problem or malfunction on the level of the body. So the level of the body is where we believe the correction or the healing must take place. And what's more, from that perspective, we look for evidence of healing in the form of a change or a disappearance of the signs or symptoms of the sickness, illness, or the condition in our bodies. From the perspective of the Course, the mind alone is the cause of the body's experience. Because the Course rests on the premise that we are not a body, but a mind. And what this means is that though we see and think of ourselves as a separate body with a mind, the body that we think we are is really and nothing but an idea 
in the mind. So the body is an idea in the mind. And since the idea you have of yourself in the mind is that of a separate individual self in a body that can get sick and die, the real sickness is the idea in the mind. And the physical body which you seem, in which you seem to be is the symptom of the sickness in the mind. It's, it's quite a reversal. Now, the mind to which I'm referring in this instance that, you know, where the sickness is, is the one mind that the Course teaches is all there is and in which everything takes place. This is not to be confused with what we refer to as the mind, which is the human brain and just another organ of the body we think we're in. And what I'm referring to by the real sickness in the mind is the belief in separation, that thought, which is what is manifesting, showing up in different forms of separation in our body and our life and in the world, in the forms of sick, as a sign of sickness, uh, problems, dis-ease, diseases. Now, the first form, sign, or symptom of this sickness that is the belief in separation, which is in the mind, in which it is experienced, is in the perception of yourself as a separate individual body, with a separate mind, and with needs and interests that are separate from that of others. So to focus on healing as curing or getting rid of changing some bodily condition, or to anything that's done in the level of the body as healing would be the equivalent of treating the symptoms of an illness, but not the cause, and expecting healing to occur. You see, healing in the course is the process of undoing the belief in separation by shifting our awareness or attention from the body to the mind. This is a key theme in the course because, as I mentioned earlier, Healing is central to the course for the experience of miracles because it is the undoing of the belief in separation, what the course calls healing, that comes about through the practice of forgiveness. Now, this is what you're doing when you practice forgiveness, which is why the course says forgiveness is the means to miracles. You are healing your mind. You're undoing the belief in separation to forgive or when you forgive, truf, truly forgive as the Course teaches, to forgive is to literally see past the illusory form of whatever it is in the form of an illness or some other problem and recognizing the truth that lies behind, which is always that it is really nothing but another form in which the idea of separation is being experienced. The course addresses three key areas of healing in three different sections in the manual for teachers. It, it really covers you know, all aspect of it. In section five, it tells us how healing is accomplished. It assures us that healing is certain in section six and tells us how to practice healing in section seven. So in section five, under the heading, how is healing accomplished, we're told that healing is only of the mind. That what needs to be healed in every instance in which sickness is perceived is the mind. 
And it is always and only one mind that needs to be healed, your own. By withdrawing your misperceptions of separation and the healing of your own mind applies whether you're in the role of the healer or the patient in need of healing. In the pamphlet, Psychotherapy, Purpose, Process, and Practice, regarding the therapist-patient situation, the course says that healing occurs when the therapist forgets to judge the patient. Now, this implies that healing is not something the therapist does to, for, or with the patient, but what he or she, the therapist, does within his or, own mind, his or her own mind. And this is the dynamic that is in operation in every form of healer-patient setting in which true healing occurs. Whether it's the conventional medical medicine doctor-patient setting or alternative medical, alternative medical practitioner patient, or the laying of hands in some form of spiritual practice. Healing does not result from the form, method, or the modality that is used by the person who is perceived as the healer, but the, by the process, as a result of the process that takes place in their own mind. This understanding and awareness assures us that healing is certain. Whether you're, you're in the role of healer or the person in need of healing, as it literally takes the responsibility for making healing happen out of your hands, so to speak, along with any doubts in our ability, out of our minds. Because we realize, <coughs> excuse me, or we'll come to realize that it is not up to us to make healing happen. We, we don't have to do the healing. Our only responsibility is to let go of our judgment or the belief in the power of the illusory form of whatever the apparent condition is, and healing will occur. Section 7 further reminds us of the certainty of healing and tells us how to address our doubts and fears that show up both in the different forms of sickness and as well as what it is that keeps us from healing under the heading of should healing be repeated. In answer to the question, should healing be repeated, it says, if the patient is healed, what, rem what remains to heal him from? And if healing is certain, as we have already said it is, what is there to repeat? So this means that if I've done my part in the role of healer, whether I'm healing myself or being an instrument of healing to another, if I have done my part and withdrawn my misperceptions, allowed my mind to be healed, healing has occurred. It's done. Even though the condition or certain symptoms or signs of the illness may still be present in the body. And we're not to see this as a sign of failure in healing, right? And think that we have to further deny the existence of the body and the condition to make it go away. Remember, the body is the symptom and the sickness is the belief in illusion. 
And so the Course says, those who deny the existence of the body are engaging in a particularly unworthy form of denial. Because not only are you not your body, but the body itself is not real. It's an illusion. So there is nothing of value that's worth denying. The Course's focus, number one focus, is on helping us shift our attention from the body to the mind as the place, metaphorically, or the source of both sickness and healing, and therefore the only place where healing can occur. Now, here's how we practice healing in our lives or in the world. You have a headache or some bodily pain, feel free to take a Tylenol. It is not sinful, wrong, unspiritual, ungodly, or anything of the sort. And even though the Course refers to the different forms of medication as magic, remember that term also applies to everything in the world because the Course sees the world as an illusion and magic is the substance of illusion. Besides, eating, breathing, and sleeping are equally magic, right? But in the illusion are necessary to help keep the body comfortable, functioning well, and alive, and are also ways of treating the body lovingly. So allowing yourself to suffer in physical pain is neither loving nor helpful. And the same thing applies with regards to seeking medical treatment for a condition. Select the one you feel led to follow, as long as you know you're not adversely affected by what is being done or what you're taking. And don't make a decision about which form or which method of healing you're using based on the misperception that one magic method is more powerful as a healing method than another. Remember, all anything does on this level, on the level of the body, is to address or alleviate symptoms. It is not healing in and of itself. It also serves as a method of healing that will not increase the level of all fear. Because all healing, true healing, is essentially the release from fear, which is the form of the thought of separation in our mind. And how we practice healing, that is, how we practice letting go of the fear in our mind without fear, is by looking at all sickness, regardless of the form, as a reflection of a thought of fear in our mind, or some variation of the thought of separation in our mind. When it shows up in either your own body or that of another, see it as a teaching aid for either or both you and everyone who will be a part of that experience. It's another aspect, see it as another aspect or form of the thought of separation that is coming up for healing, providing yet another opportunity for healing our minds through the practice of forgiveness and undoing the belief in separation. That's healing. So that's it for this week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of, of Understanding the Language of A Course in Miracles podcast. If you enjoyed this episode or found it helpful, please leave me a review on iTunes so that others can hear about it, enjoy it, and find it helpful also. And do subscribe so you don't miss another episode. Have a great week and see you on the podcast next Wednesday.